0: Hey everybody, it's me, it's Lenora from It's the New Dawn. Well, I'm in a different setting. Can you tell? (laughs) I'm sitting in my den because I went to go sit down with this wonderful guest and we just couldn't, I couldn't get my internet working. So hopefully this will work out. You know, you see my little ring up there, that's for my ring light, but you know, hey, this is real life. You know, you could see me, so this is good. Anyway, so this guest is from the little post that I did on Facebook, and I got a tremendous response, and it was really wonderful. And I cannot wait to hear from this woman. Her name is Carol Graham, and she is a survivor. So a little bit about her. Well, she was gang raped and left for dead. She lost two children. Her husband was falsely imprisoned, then pardoned. Then a car accident left him with permanent brain damage. In her 20s, she had a cancer diagnosis and was giving no hope for survival. These could have driven Carol into victim mode, but instead she became a victor with a determination to succeed. Uh, I think you'll identify with Carol on many emotional terrains of love, loss, suffering, pain heartbreak and ultimately renewal. So I'm really, I really, um, you know, I can't wait to hear this story and where you are today. This is a gripping true story. So I'm going to turn the camera over to you, Carol. And, uh, thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for the invitation. I, I'm really looking forward to sharing and who knows, whatever questions you have, just My story's long and involved, but I'll try to capsulize it as best as I can. To start, someone asked me yesterday, how could you have survived everything you survived and still laugh all the time, you know? And I'm known for that. I have a couple blogs. I blog a lot about life and dogs. We've rescued 30 dogs, and I, you learn a lot from dogs. You and have thirty dogs. You have thirty no, dogs. No, we've rescued thirty dogs.
0: Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a dog person have, too. I'm definitely. <laughs> I'm a dog person, also. Okay.
1: Anyway, um, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, the The question was, how did you survive? How how do you keep laughing? And I just mentioned that about the dogs because that's one thing that animals do. You know, when we are hurting so desperately and we don't know who to talk to, very often we cuddle up with our pet and our four-legged fur babies and they just seem to give us what we need. So that just tells you a little bit about what I used, I guess, as far as comfort during a lot of these things. My story started basically when I was born. I was, I was sick when I was born. My sister had died four years previously from rheumatic fever, and I was born with rheumatic fever. I died when I was nine months old. It was my father's faith that brought me back. I'm not nine months. Oh. I'm here. <laughs> and
0: How did and, that, wait, how did that happen, though? You said you died when you were nine right, months from old? That,
1: from rheumatic fever as well, as my sister had died from and it was just through prayer that i came back to life i don't i think it was 20 minutes my brother and sister say that's where my brain damage came in but we won't go there anyway. well, i
0: well it's interesting i had spinal meningitis when i was uh, 2 that oh, i, I have, almost died from so, yeah um okay.
1: so. you get it okay mm-hmm. um by the time my mother died when i was a teenager so i and she was sick my entire life that's all i knew was my mother in bed she Extremely ill, so when by the time i I um got through that and realized that I don't think life was going to be that easy. it just was a like a knowing, but on the other hand, I knew that my attitude could make or break me as an individual. you know my mom wasn't there to go go to uh, any of my school functions or anything, and it wasn't her fault. She had liver cancer that she got from a boat trip when she was a young girl. Oh, no. So it was nothing, you know, of course, I didn't understand that at the time. But the point being, I learned from a very young age not to feel sorry for myself. Because no matter what was going on in my life, there was somebody worse off than me. And my dad taught me that.
0: And I was going to say, you know, who taught you that? And that's like been a theme of a lot of the people I've been sitting down with. They've been very lucky to have people who have taught them to look at all the things that could have went wrong. Uh, I was going to ask you, how did you learn that at such a young age? That's a really, that's probably one of the best things you probably could have learned in your whole life. There's been many of those kinds of
1: moments, yes, when I have to learn to be tenacious, to be forgiving. Uh, just reading that bio that you did, I had to learn what forgiveness was and to not carry a grudge and to laugh no matter what I was going through. As I said, you know, no matter what I'm going through, to find something to laugh about. Uh, moving forward, um, I married a man um, too young. And uh, within the first, well, actually, the wedding day, I knew that I had made a very serious mistake. I was only 19 years old. My mother had just died a couple years earlier, and he was abusive. Uh, when I tried to leave him, he definitely took matters into his own hands. He, if no, if he couldn't have me, nobody could. Was one of those types of abusive mm-hmm. situations, and consequently, I found out years later that he was the one that had uh, initiated the gang rape and um, was hoping to kill me. But again. Oh. It was, you know, the kind of things that happened into my life I learned, and this is a message I want to give to anyone listening, is there's always a better tomorrow, and it's what we make of it, because it's our attitude that gets us through. No matter what I went through, I found something to be thankful for, something to be grateful for, something that I could take away and use that setback as a stepping stone, and that's been my whole intention with everything that I have done in the last decade or two is to encourage people that you're not alone and no matter what happens to you, you will survive. Attitude makes all the difference in the world and the theme of my show is never ever give up hope because as long as we're six feet above
0: ground there is hope Um, I love that I'm a, I'm a big gratitude person, huge gratitude person. And I think, uh, I don't know if it's true, but I think that, I don't know if it's true, but the more adversities people go through, I think that surviving them makes people more grateful for even the littlest things. I know I am. And I've had a really traumatic life, you know, um, lots of trauma in my life. But I'm so grateful. Every my birthday's coming up, you know, November first, and I celebrate it. I don't care how old I am. My husband was taking out crowns, all my crowns from the cabinet. to <laughs> my friends, my new friends, you know. Yes, he celebrates every year because I've been had three near death experiences in my life, and I'm just so grateful, you know, for breath. My birthday's
1: three days after yours. So what? My birthday's three days after yours.
0: Oh, is it? You're good now. woo Awesome.
1: (laughs) um, As I was saying, no matter what happens, I always try to find something good from it. And when I'm asked, how did you survive like I started to say at the beginning of this show how did you ever survive? It was to always find something good out of whatever um, you know tried to harm me tried to hurt me tried to take us down I mean when we we lost our our business on two separate occasions, two sep- total different scenarios, but basically there were partners who wanted the business and tried to steal it out from under us and they did. And when I say business, I mean everything. Everything. We were left penniless with the shirt on our back. And when you
0: said, when you say we, you're, you're with your husband. My current
1: husband, my current husband. Yeah. Oh,
0: your current. And what business is that? What business?
1: We have several businesses. We have two jewelry stores. Um, we do all our own goldsmithing and everything. So they're high-end stores. We have uh, two or three businesses online. Um, okay. in in gemstones so uh, but it's been very difficult and then when the last time that we were taken by our partners and they skipped with everything and went to Vegas you know literally took everything out of our all our holdings our real estate everything and, um, and left you know I mean it was they knew what they were doing it was well planned but what do you do with when you go through something like that? You know, what, how, how do you survive it? I mean, you're devastated. You go through all the, the uh, stages of grief because any loss is grief. And one of, one of the things that has happened when you read my book, my story is 12 chapters and it's 12 traumas. And many of them overlap. And I think that's what it is a lot of times in life when you're seen to be going through some really awful things, they kind of pile up, right? And it's mm-hmm. not one thing, or you just think you're coming up for a breath of air, and then the next things happen the next thing, next thing happens. So how in the world do you survive that? And it was always the same thing, just positive thinking. We are gonna get through this. We've been here before, we have the strength, we will turn it around, and we always did. And Is your husband like that? Absolutely. He's he, okay. actually, I married the ultimate optimist, which awesome <laughs> sometimes can be a curse.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, you know, my husband and I, we've been married 34 years and uh, he's always been the optimist. I mean, I went through my, the glass half empty phase for a long, long time. And it was, that's what kept me stable you know in that middle because if he was like me forget it i've never survived you know and now i'm i meet him or even above you know where i'm looking always at the glass more than half full you know which is nice so but two of you together powerful
1: i'll tell you a little story of how my journey as far as a writer and and podcaster Came about because that'll tell you um, I guess what motivated me and I think that's what other people want to hear because they might be going through something similar or any, any number of things because what I whenever I tell my story whether it's a loss of a child or the loss of a business or you know all the different losses and grievance people will respond to a certain aspect of it and it seems like I had them all happen and from what you've told me, it sounds like you have too. And so when that happens, you can you can empathize with such a, a larger group of people. I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who have written their memoirs and they had like one serious loss or they have experienced a lot of abuse, you know, coming from one source, et cetera. But <clears throat> then there's somebody like, like me and possibly, I, don't, I haven't read your story, but I'm assuming you as well, who seemed to have it all hit, and sometimes at the same time. So I tried to keep a good attitude because as a, a mom in particular, you don't want your kids to tap into the negativity no matter what is going on, right? So after when my daughter was 16 years old, she had received a little miniature Doxy puppy, Dachshund. Dachshund. And she was headed uh, the puppy was, I think, six months old, and she was asked to go with a girlfriend to Costa Rica. So, that's great. Mom, would you be able to babysit? Well, of course. So, I was babysitting the dog, and you're going to love this. It's going to be ready to laugh, because dogs, now you know why, after you hear this story, why I love dogs so much. And they're such a part of my life, especially the rescues, because rescues know they've been rescued. And that's how you relate um. to them with, as people. We've been rescued too, right? So, she, she his name was Louis Vuitton, and Louis, <laughs> Vuitton, Louis Vuitton, had a Louis Vuitton carry-all bag. Now, the Louis Vuitton carry-all bags are quite heavy, and they're hard-sided. Now, this dog like, is- like, like like Reese Witherspoon in uh, yes. Legally Blonde. You know, this dog is this big, right? So, the first night she left, my husband and I are in the living room and watching TV, whatever, and we hear this thumping sound on the staircase you know, the thump, the thump, the thump. And here's little Louis dragging his heavy Louis Vuitton carrier down 14 stairs. Remember, his (laughs) his legs are about two inches high, right? So he gets it down the stairs, he's all excited, he scampers back up the stairs, and he starts to bring each of his possessions one by one, his ball, oh my God. his ball, his bowl, his bowl, his leash, his collar, his toys, every single one of them, and he was again, you know, we're watching this like, this is a great show, I, we have no idea what this dog has planned, then he proceeds, jumping as hard as he can to get each item into the bag and this oh my god took a long time because you know we, we definitely we're not going to interrupt him but to watch what what is this dog trying to do he put all of his possessions into this bag and then he proceeded to try to crawl in himself now this took a great number of attempts to try to jump and jump and he finally did kind of head first you know dove in he has his blanket he has got everything in there and I kid you not Lenora it did not stop there he then tried to from the inside zip himself closed right, with his feet.
0: <laughs> wait did you take a movie of this? no this, oh
1: this man many many years ago before our cell phone movies right? oh or, wow no. so I wish I could have so anyway, he gets himself in there. And then we realized what he was doing. It like it dawned on us. He had seen his mom pack her suitcase. Oh,
0: my God. He missed her so much.
1: He wanted to go uh-huh. It was so obvious. So we let him stay the uh-huh. night. And in the morning, we unzipped his suitcase. He jumped up. <laughs> he ran around the house looking like, Where's mom? Where's mom? Where's mom? You know, because he saw... Can you imagine how he could think that through? So he... So then I knew this was a special dog. Well,
0: Really? Really special? Wait, wait, wait. How long did she own this dog before she gave him to you to watch? Six months. Wow, that's not long. He was a puppy. So
1: she was gone for two weeks and every day... This dog did something crazy. One night, I I let him out to go pee, and uh, we live in a, a very remote area, acreage the whole nine yards. So you don't know what's out there, right? Right. So I know. The door, and a bear was in the driveway, and this little dog <laughs> he's a, a bear. bear. You know, he's a bear. Her dog, and he runs up to that bear, and he's biting at the bear's heels. Well, the the bear is just you know taking. A, I'm screaming, but whatever. And oh. A, like look what i did mom i scared that big bear away you know just oh
0: my god i mean i know we we have bear here but i haven't seen one like but you saw a bear just outside your door
1: oh that's not Not anyway then i started thinking i gotta make some notes here so i kept notes every day like a journal And then when my daughter came back, I had taken those notes and I turned it into a book with pictures and gave it to her hard bound as a Christmas gift. And when she opened it up, she started to, she laughed because it was very funny. All the crazy things this dog did for those two weeks. And then she cried. And then she said, Mom, my generation needs to hear your story. You need to write your story because up to that point, people had been after me. Write your story, you know, it's going to help so many people. And I went, Oh, who's going to listen? Who's going to read it? You know, who cares? It's my woes, etc. She said, My generation needs to know that no matter what happens in life, whether you're a young woman or an older woman or anybody, you can have a good attitude. You can, wow, Carol,
0: be- that was so. Oh, my God. Go ahead.
1: Because that's... Beautiful. Anyway, so I did that, and um, it took me 10 years to write my story, because when you write your story, you, especially if you have one that was not a happy one, like mine was at many points, is you have to dredge up a lot of old pain, and you have to work through the pain, and you have to share that pain, but what happened... After, and and if there's any people, anybody out there that has a story and they're wondering if they should share it, what it did was it changed me as a person. Writing that book became therapy. And it was more therapeutic than I think any other means of therapy could have been. Because I was sharing my story as someone else looking at it from the outside, what they see, what they are feeling and how they can cope. And as a result, within six months, my book was a bestseller on Amazon. And from that, a year later, my um, uh, podcast, which is now seven years old, uh, came out with uh, people that I never would have ever possibly met, as I know you're experiencing as well, without having them have an avenue to share their story. And so many other things. My, I have another book that's just come out as well. And so many opportunities for speaking. I've spoken internationally, shared my story, and always the same message. And that message is one of hope. To have a good attitude, to be grateful. My faith in God definitely got me through, especially during those moments when I didn't know what else to do. But it was the combination that I never, ever, ever. Ever gave up hope. Found something to laugh about. When my husband was in the car accident and he had permanent brain damage, he was basically a vegetable. And they said that this is as good as it gets. There's nothing they could do. It was a simple car accident where the seatbelt cut into his neck, sent a blood clot to the brain, and it solidified. And yeah. it gave him what what is called chronic pain syndrome, which means that the brain is telling the body that you are in constant extreme pain, but there is narcotic or anything else. Um, This is 25, 30 years ago now, but there's nothing that'll touch it because the brain believes that it's in pain and it sends that message to the body. So for seven years, he basically was bedridden. And after that, I said, enough. I'm also a certified health coach and I'm symptomologist, which I did as a result of my own cancer. I healed myself when the doctors gave me no hope to live. And when that, I said, this is enough. I'm taking matters into my own hands now. And I did. And we started on a program, forget the drugs. They weren't doing anything anyway. And within can't remember how many years, but it wasn't that long, maybe another five years or so. We were able to reopen our stores, reopen our businesses, and he's about 90% now.
0: Well, so this is the man you're with now. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I would really, I don't know if you have time. I mean, because I really want to talk about, I love the story. And it really touched me about your daughter. I'm getting the chills because I was thinking the same thing you were going to say that your daughter said. Like, like that you were able to make this book and be happy, even though you've been through this, all this trauma. And she said that when she was 16, right? 16 at that time. I love that. I love that. That she saw that and that you're able to, able to find that joy, you know, no matter what. Um, I just want to talk about like from, you said you were gang raped and you lost two children and. Can you talk about that like, in, and what kind of cancer you had and all these things? It's just incredible. Uh, We're the ca- talking to you now. Today, <laughs> The That's cancer amazing. story is pretty
1: remarkable because I was in my 20s. I'd been sick, as I mentioned earlier in the show, basically my whole life. I'd been to 17 specialists. No one could figure out what was wrong with me. And finally, we had a doctor call, the two of us in, and he said, he find they, they finally got the results and they know what's wrong. And it was uterine cancer and it was yeah. hidden. And um, but anyway, so the doctor said, I have two choices. I thought, well, that's good, right? Got two choices. Well, my choices were hysterectomy or death. Well, I said, I don't want to die and I'm going to be a mom. So I don't see why either one of those choices are going to work. Because if I have a hysterectomy, I don't have the parts. And if I'm dead, I can't have a baby. So something, you know, something's gotta give here. So he got very angry with me. And uh, he said, then lady, you go home, you suffer, and you die. Because- Wait, wait, wait,
0: this is the doctor who said that?
1: The doctor. Verbatim? Quote, verbatim. I stood up, I was so angry but I'm only in my twenties, you know, and I'm intimidated by this specialist. And he just told me to go home and die because I wouldn't listen to him. There was no alternatives. So I stood up and I leaned into him and I said, I will walk in here pregnant one day. Shaking in my boots, I had no idea what I was going to do. I had no clue. I was very sick and in a lot of pain all the time. Plus I was in a wheelchair because I had rheumatoid arthritis that was running through my body. So I went home, and um, I remembered what I said to him, and I thought, how stupid. You know, you do those things in the heat of the moment. How stupid of me. Where else can I turn? I've seen 17 specialists already. Nobody's got any answers. I'm not going to have a hysterectomy. And I was in so much pain. And a friend called, a neighbor called me. And she said, she's having this little meeting at her house uh, with um, this woman that was gonna talk about food supplements and nutrition. Would I come? And I thought, like, I wanna be there. No, thank you. There is no way. I am not mm-hmm. interested, but I'm a good neighbor. And she was very kind to me. She helped me. in different... I said, okay, I will be there. And I went there and that's the night my life changed because this woman was very knowledgeable she taught us on food supplements, especially what type to take and, and you know what to do, what foods to get rid of that we're, were hurting us, et cetera. So I went there to that meeting with the intention of I'm not buying a thing. You know how you go. i <laughs> am mm-hmm. no go. go, but I'm not buying okay.
0: anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right.
1: Well, when I left there that night, I, had, I bought everything she had for sale, like everything. She gave me hope. And I'd never had any hope. Plus, I had a guarantee. And she said, if this
0: doesn't work, you get your money back. Well, I couldn't lose, right? Right. The they, very- were, they were they were—they were supplements?
1: Yes, food supplements.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. So
1: three days later, I wrote her a thank you note. And all I did was write the words thank you about 100 times. I couldn't remember in my life ever feeling that good. So wow. I knew that I was on the right path. As a result, um, I I got, I started doing courses, you know, on nutrition and everything that I could get, you know, that was before the internet, right? And Mm -hmm. started taking courses, became certified as both a health coach and a symptomologist, which is someone who looks at symptoms because that's what a lot of doctors don't do. They don't look at the symptoms to determine what the problem is because the symptoms are the dashboard Mm -hmm. on your car. When the lights come on, you know right what something's wrong and to look at the yeah, symptoms. Yeah,
0: they just they just they give you the yeah, they give you the medication for the symptoms, but so they don't look at the it. main cause. Right.
1: right. Not to mess right, mask right. Symptoms, but right. to use them to tell the story. And so fourteen years later fourteen years I walked back into that doctor's office. Wow. I had made an appointment. I didn't think he'd remember me. And he basically came out. He looked 100 years old, you know. <laughs> right. And uh, he asked me why I was there. And I said, well, you know, I haven't had, I lied. I said, I haven't had a, a um, physical for a while. I thought it'd be a good idea. And I have no idea what was going through his mind. But he took the blood test and the urine test, whatever it was back then. And he left the room. And I had to wait 27 minutes. I'll never forget that I could watch that you know the minute hand turn I didn't I knew I was pregnant 20 27,
0: 27 minutes, minutes
1: not 30 not twenty. 20, not 20. <laughs> and he walked back in and he said Carol I am very sorry to inform you but you are very pregnant
0: and without skipping You're a
1: beat sorry. I said doctor I fully realized that you are very sorry to inform me.
0: And wait a second, did he remember you from? Well, he had my chart. that wellness?
1: He had my chart. So Ow. he probably me, but he would have remembered, he probably had a note in his chart, who knows, who cares, but he did not want to tell me that I was pregnant. And whatever amount of time- Whoa. that
0: had, you know, I can't believe you went back there. <laughs> That's the Scorpio in you (laughs) That's something I would do Oh my god Remember
1: I said I will walk in here pregnant one day I told him and I wasn't about to forget So as a result I became known as Dr. Fertility Because I began my mission Of helping women Who couldn't get pregnant And I got so many women pregnant Because what we needed Was nutrition, supplements help, answers, and again, building hope. And so that's what each part of my story really is, whether it's the business loss or a bad marriage and the abuse or, you know, any, all the things that I have gone through is to encourage people that you can, you do have the strength, you will make it through. Don't give up. Even if you've only got one thread to hold on to, Hold on to that one thread and don't let go. And find something to laugh about. Encourage others. Find people who are worse off than you and encourage them. And here I am. Wow. You've been, been married 50 years.
0: 50 years. <laughs> That's Holy <so> crap. <laughs> that is so awesome. And, you know, you've given so many snippets of enlightenment. I don't, I don't think I'm going to have to ask you about words of wisdom because... You've been giving them the whole time. But I do, I know this this seems really, really, really sad to me. All of this, the the story, but the children. You said you lost two children. Um, That was through
1: adoption. And uh, one we had for a full year. And the the birth mother decided to take him back. And Uh I've written a lot about estrangement and loss with children that way who are still alive. And I did a lot of research as well. And what I found, um, and it doesn't surprise me because I went through it, is that those who have suffered the loss of a child and the child is still alive, and that can be a number of things, possibly through a child getting into drugs or a child you know, estranged from their parents or a child like ours adopted and then you never see them again, There are many things, but those are actually, and I don't want to belittle those who have lost a child through death, but in many ways it is more difficult because there's never closure. Mm. You always wonder, you always wonder where that child is. And our son walked away from us 10 years ago with his family and we've Mm. never made it since. And this is our, our son who every day called me and told me how much he loved me. We were in business together. And to this day, ten years later, I don't know why. I have wow. no idea. He was our adopted son before I got pregnant with my daughter. So you have you have a daughter. You have a daughter,
0: yeah. Biological daughter. How old is she now? She's uh, 35. And that's the one who with the dog. Yes, with the dog. And yes. then and then you adopted a, a child, and then after a year. That was, that, an- child went to the yeah.
1: that was before her. That was long before her. That was during the time. Oh, okay. That was during the time when I had cancer and we were trying to get pregnant and it wasn't happening. So. Um, yeah,
0: and then you you have an adoptive son who yes.
1: is a strange. And like oh, I said, no one, no yeah. one
0: knows. We wow. did
1: find out that when we adopted him, we didn't know this, but he was fetal alcohol. And, and when he left us, he was 30. And the doctors that, and the research that I've done, and let this be an encouragement to people as well, is that because I've run into so many people who have had this same scenario, that young men around that age who have been adopted and have felt rejected by their birth mothers um, and are fetal alcohol will very often do that. They can't handle the rejection and they, even though it's not coming from you, they're confused because of the fetal alcohol and however it's affected them and it's not unusual for them to walk away and that's exactly what happened to us. So we had two children at the time and I was basically their caregiver because grandma was the one who was babysitting them. The kids worked for us, the husband and wife worked for us, so it was a complete shock when he walked away. They now have nine children we have heard because they adopted some as well and so I have nine grandchildren that I have not seen and um, it saddens me but wow. you know what even in this scenario I, I know that one day he's going to come back I have no doubt I believe that I hold on to that and that's what hope is you never get I don't care if it's 10 years or if it's 15 years or it's 10 minutes you know, you hang on, just like it did with the cancer. 14 years before I went back to that doctor. I could have given up at any point during that time. But I didn't. So be tenacious. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Don't let go. Keep hope in your foresight. Always know that, there. you know, tomorrow is going to be better, no matter how bleak it looks. Forgive. That's another thing. All the things that happen to us. Forgiveness was a major issue. You know, my husband going to jail for something that he didn't do. It was a business. It was fraud. And um, our business partners accused us of it. And the only witness we had to the transaction committed suicide um, during our court trial. And so we had no witnesses. Oh. And, and we had nothing. Oh, no. So then when he, we, but he was pardoned, like I said, when we were able to finally prove, we had a terrible lawyer the first time around. and But all these things take its toll on us. And so we can choose to allow that toll to, to take, you know, rob from us, or we can choose to say, what can I do to help someone else who might be experiencing this? We all deal with pain and loss in different ways. But to forgive and not hold grudges, to keep focused on what you have and not what you don't have, to love unconditionally, to encourage others, to find people who, um, you know, are, are less fortunate than you. All these things play into our mindset and how we can go on and how we deal with our own futures. And... We've never been better. You know, I'm in my 70s and my health has never been better. You know, our businesses are, during COVID, a lot of businesses shut down. But in the place we live, we were the only jewelry store that stayed open. And, you know. Where are you at again? Where are you at? Where do you live? In Washington. Oh, okay. So, anyway, it's just been it's been a, a journey and it all started basically with a little miniature doxy Louis Vuitton
0: <laughs> yes, I was going to ask you, how do you feel now? So you said you feel, you feel I'm good. Like, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, I, you look, I you look great I'm in
0: perfect health
1: and I'm still a health coach and believe me, I, Every week or day or month, depending upon, you know, how often people um, come across my desk or into my office and I'm able to give them restored health. It's just, it's like day one. I've been doing this for 40 years. And uh, to have people turn their lives around and, and realize optimum health. I mean, it pays. If I had not suffered like that, Lenora, I wouldn't be able to have done what I've done. And I've been able to help literally hundreds and hundreds of people.
0: That's so awesome. And I mean, you like I said, this whole time, you've been giving these snippets of wonderful insights. And, but if you want to share anything else before we ask you, where, before I ask you where people can get in touch with you, this story is amazing. I love it. And I love, I am an R and holistic health coach. I don't know if you know that, but um, I'm all about the holistic way of healing also. Uh, So I love hearing this. And I believe it's totally possible. Everything that you did is just awesome. So is there anything else you want to share with the audience? Any last words of wisdom or anything else with your story? You can continue if you want.
1: I'm not really sure what else to share except that many people I have talked to over the years who have, like I said, I'm a public speaker as well. And and you hear a lot of stories, whether it's my show or, you know, whatever. Um, and that is, you really have to maintain the right attitude. And that takes work. It takes as much work as that maintaining the right attitude as being tenacious and hanging on to hope when there isn't any. And my attitude always was, tomorrow's better. I will get through this. I have the strength. God's on my side. Or, you know, whatever I needed to do to encourage myself and to be sure above all else not to get bitter. Because I have interviewed people and you can tell in their attitude when the bitterness starts to creep in. You know, they've been abused or any number of things. And they allow that then to creep in and it, it controls you. And when you don't forgive somebody for something that they've done to you, you're just hurting yourself because they don't even know how you feel and they don't care anyway. Right. So you only hurt yourself by holding negative feelings and negative thoughts and unforgiveness and bitterness and grudges or, and on and on it goes. So that's essentially it. Be cool.
0: (laughs) Carol, I love that. I love that. I love it because I had that issue. You know, I'd looked in the mirror years and years back and, you know, the scowl in between your forehead and I was the bitter, bitter is a really good word. I just felt bitter. I mean, there were things that my husband did that it was hard to find trust and hard to get over the bitter, bitterness. It was a, that's a great word. And um, I was tired of seeing that tired of being that I was tired of seeing that. And I made a choice, you know, in your and your thoughts and actions, Definitely do shape your reality. So I preach that too. Not in those exact words, but I love hearing that. So thank you so much. Um, Where can people get in touch with you? I don't have a pen in front of me because we moved our area, but I will definitely get, I think you gave me all your links, but you can tell everybody where they can get in touch with you the best place. Okay. Uh, My book, I hope
1: you can see the title here. My book is Battered Hope. And my website is basically batteredhope.com. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, what else can I tell you? There, like, you? If you'll have all the links, because they're kind of long. So, But if you look up... All right.
0: Well, if they go to batteredhope.com, your links are there for all your other things?
1: Pretty much so. Yeah. Okay.
0: I definitely have that. I have all that okay. information. Okay. That's going to be in the show notes. If you could just hang out for a second. I'll do my little deal, and then I'll say goodbye. Um, Everybody, you know, all my information will be in the links below uh, my Google phone number if you need to get in touch with me at all. Also, um, I'm going to make this short. I do talk about the Roar Bar. I am an affiliate and ambassador. I am not sponsored by them, but I talk about them at the end of every show because it's the only packaged good I eat they are vegan but they fit any diet they are have all organic ingredients protein is 18 to 20 almost 22 grams of protein each bar no artificial sweeteners put together by coconut oil really great for the brain uh sweetened with coconut nectar blackstrap molasses a little bit of himalaya salt 10 percent of all their net proceeds go to feed the hungry children worldwide if you just go to my affiliate link, which will be below, it helps me a little bit, definitely helps them. So please use that link if you're going to buy. Um, great company, great people owned by Jake and Rachel, two young husband and wife team. Um, love them. They're wonderful. Uh, so if you can support me and them, I would greatly appreciate it. And on that note, Thank you so so much, Carol, for joining me. Sorry about not sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Carol told me never to apologize. Oh, I caught myself. Thank you for thank you for being patient with me. I had to move around everybody because my internet was just not working. If you guys know me, I live in the boondocks and hit or miss with the internet. So I moved inside. I'm always in my tiny home. Those of you who know me know about the tiny home. Anyway, I think it worked out. So thank you for joining me. And uh, I hope we connect in some way in the future. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you. you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful and blessed day, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.